What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. So happy to have everyone along with us, and also so excited to be joined by Tom Healy. Tom is a fellow Arizonian and the co-founder of Mentum. And uh, Tom, first of all, thanks for being here. My pleasure. I'm going to give Tom a chance to set the stage and talk a little bit about Mentum, but also a little bit about his journey to get here. It's a fantastic story and lots to dig into. So, Tom, I'm going to give us a little background and just also a little intro to Mentum before we get really rolling. Yeah, well, I'll I'll start with Mentum and then I'll give you the short version of a very, very long story. But uh, Mentum is a platform where we provide one-on-one coaching to key people inside of a company. So a small to medium-sized business uh, is really good at making pizzas or selling widgets or building software. But what they typically struggle with is how do we make our people perform at a very, very high level? How do we get the most out of our team? If they perform and they stay here and they do their absolute best, we hit our goals, we crush it, And eventually we can sell the business for millions and millions of dollars. However, if our people don't perform and it's a revolving door and they don't feel like they have opportunities to grow and get better and they're not firing on all cylinders, your small to medium sized business will absolutely struggle. And so we know that if you want your people to perform at a high level, some really, really good one-on-one coaching that is personalized and customized for them will absolutely make them perform better for you. And then you can go off and sell a bunch of widgets and do whatever it is that you do really, really well. So that's mental. Yeah. People side of things is is so, I mean, it's where all the evil lies, correct? I mean, at the end of the day, we we see this all the time, right? At the the heart of the challenges for most businesses is some some degree of a people problem. Either you got a wrong skill set, you got a bad culture fit, or worse off, both. And uh, if you don't have those right people, right seats, you're going to have trouble, right? Exactly. Uh, So, So, and that's, and, and, and the road leading up to the creation of Mentum is really the fact that, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a teenager. I was selling stuff on eBay and, um, a whole bunch of things here and there. And I just decided at a young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And when I graduated college, I wrote a book for college students, started speaking on college campuses. And really in one way or another, I have been in what I would classify as the learning and development space, my entire professional career. So speaking, doing workshops, developing content, Um, And then that led to a lot of different things. Everything that I was doing in higher ed um, became an online education company about 10 years ago. I I just saw an opportunity where, you know, students needed basic information in some different areas. They weren't getting it. It was still early on in the online education um, space. 
but I, I knew there was a great opportunity there. So um, the work that I started 10 years ago um, is now coursework on over 100 college campuses across the United nice. States and continuing to grow and continuing to make a huge impact. But as we scaled that business, you and, and you have hundreds of thousands of learners right. going yeah. through your content, you learn how people learn. You learn sure. what they love. You learn what they hate. You learn how they want to be spoken to. You learn how to structure education. And so, so much of what I learned there um, is what caused us to build Mentum. And, you know, as you know, Scott, I was uh, and still do a lot of work here locally in uh, Arizona with entrepreneurs, small business owners that are in rapid growth mode. And what happens is, you know, typically you start a business and maybe it's just you and your garage. Maybe it's a handful of people, but eventually you start to increase revenue. And with that becomes a need for more people. And so right. a team of five becomes 10, becomes 25, becomes 50. And when 25 people becomes 50 people becomes 100 people, as you know, it leads to a hell of a lot of problems <laughs> and challenges. No doubt. No and doubt. Yeah. Not that what I do solves all those problems. It absolutely doesn't. But one thing we identified in those small to medium-sized businesses is there was no way for them to develop future leaders, for them to provide meaningful learning and development opportunities for these really, really important people that absolutely move the needle and absolutely determine if a business is going to be successful or not. One of Tom, the a question, for, can, a question for you that, if you don't mind. Yeah, just yeah, just question for that is, so when you're finding that challenge, because I, I think it's a real challenge, and obviously, you know, as, as you and I have talked before, that, that people challenge being as significant as it is, do you find it's a time issue because the, the owners and other people in the business are just scaling it so fast, or is it a talent issue? Like they're, they're just not skilled to provide what that, that – that manager or that, that burgeoning director, whatever the title is. And, and as they take on their responsibility, they just can't, they, just, they don't have the talent to help that person out. Where, where do you spend your time? Is it, is it time or really the talent to develop? Yes. Both. <laughs> so, so Both. It's those, it's those two things. And then I'm going to throw a third one at you. So okay. let's, let's break them down here. The first thing you said was, Hey, um, business owner does not have the time to personally coach and mentor everyone on their team. Of course they don't. Yep. Of course they not. absolutely yep. do not. So there is a time constraint. I love these people. I care about these people. But if my door is open all day and if I'm giving them all access to an hour of coaching and mentorship a week or a month, I will absolutely not get anything done and we'll go out of business. So they do not have the time. Okay. Yep. You also brought up skills. Well, most people are not great one-on-one -on -one coaches. It's a, it's a skill set. And sure. like everything else, there's some people that are great at it and most people are not. So are you a great one-on-one -on -one coach? Do you love coaching people one-on-one? -on -one? Does it give you energy and passion or, and it doesn't make you a bad person, but you just don't like coaching people? Hey, I really love selling my product. I really love building software. I really love uh, making food in the kitchen. I just don't like sitting across the table from someone for an hour and, you know, processing their issues, holding them accountable, getting their thoughts organized, listening to them. I just don't like that. So that's the second thing. Right. The third yeah. thing I'll give you is let's say you're the owner of a company and you love your people and you 
genuinely want to coach them all, yourself, you're their boss. They're not going to show up for a coaching session, let down their hair, open up their heart, be completely honest and vulnerable and transparent because you signed their paycheck. So think about this. In a a really great coaching situation, so if someone has executive coaching and they are truly working with somebody on a month-to-month basis, what's going to come up, Scott? Really ugly personal stuff. Really challenging things. Really messy issues. So real world, what are employees bringing to their coach if it's not the boss and it's someone external that they can actually confide in? They're talking about their challenges with their significant other. They're talking about work-life issues. They may be talking about mental health issues, substance abuse issues, uh, issues with their family, issues with uh, self-confidence. All these things that absolutely go on in my life, go on in your life, go on in all of our lives because we're human beings, but you rarely, if ever, would take to a supervisor or a boss. So that's the third part of this is... Even if the owner has the time, has the skill set, the truth is they're just not going to have great coaching sessions. Now, can they be a tremendous mentor? Can they teach that person about the industry? Yes, but they can't do a hardcore great one-on-one coaching session because of who they are to that person. Oh, so many questions to, to unpack here, and I really appreciate that last point. Uh, you know, from let, let me uh, let me talk about this and I do want to go back to the book you did in college so let's not forget to go back there but let's let's talk about this particular thing you, you just brought up it, it the the coaches that are on your platform right because it is a platform that you have where where your clients have access to a yes. list of coaches correct that that's how the set right so on that platform are those coaches that you're vetting right it's almost there's a degree of therapy to that, right? And you're talking about personal therapy along with ju- just, you know, bringing that well-roundedness to, hey, how can I bring more to the, my company that I'm working for? But how do I get more out of myself almost? Is that something that you're screening for when you're talking about bringing coaches to your platform? Yeah. And so we have about 75 coaches on our platform as we sit here today. And uh, myself and my business partner have personally vetted all of them. Um, And that's very, very important to us because it's not just what resume or credentials or experiences they have or how pretty their LinkedIn profile is, but we really want to know who is this person. Are they passionate about coaching? Um, Are they a really nice person? Uh, Do they have game? And what I mean by game is, hey, they've been in the trenches, they've been there, they've done that, they've got great experiences, Um, you know, they show up really well. Uh, Another thing that's really important to us is just someone that's, um, and it's cliche, but like action-oriented. Like not someone that's going to sit there and go, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to you and nod my head for an hour, but hey, Scott, no, you said that last month and you didn't do it, so I'm going to call you out on your BS. What are you going to do differently? Right. Like people that are willing in a caring way to challenge people and hold them accountable. So there's a lot of things that we look for in those people. Um, Coaching's no different than a lot of other industries, okay? It's no different than uh, not to pick on anyone, but realtors, for instance. There's some incredible real estate agents out there, and there's some horrible ones. There's ones that started six minutes ago and just got their license and don't know what they're going to do with it. And then there's people that have been selling homes at a very high level for decades and and do right by their clients. Coaching's no different. So, you know, one of the things that we've done is we've said, okay, in an industry with hundreds of thousands of people, how do you find the ones that are really, really good at this and can actually deliver value to your people? 
On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we talk with entrepreneurs about their journeys, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Growth never happens in a straight line. How do business owners overcome those moments when they hit a ceiling, feel stuck, and are trying to work through it? Are they spending their time working on their business or in their business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur and grow your damn business. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. This podcast is a production of Old Soul. Old Soul is a one-stop marketing agency that builds podcasts for personal brands and businesses. If you're interested in starting your own podcast show, shoot them an email at info at aoldsoul.com. That's info at aoldsoul.com. So let's talk a little bit more about the, the team health aspect of it. As you and I know from just our familiarity, obviously, I work in the U.S. full-time. You've been exposed to it. You and I have talked about it. One of the tenets, one of the three uniques for EOS is this idea around bringing health to teams and that concept there. How do those things come together? You're giving this one-on-one coaching to these managers who need it. They're not getting it. But there's also this aspect of bringing that to a you know, a leadership team or a critical team in an organization and, and driving that health. How do, you, how do you marry those two messages so that there's not this, this coaching going on and, and an owner doesn't feel like, oh, all this coaching's going on, but they're not going to be aligned with what I'm trying to do, right? I mean, there's, there's got to be that. You've got to have that synergy um, so that it doesn't just become, hey, I'm going to get better myself and I'm not going to get the chance to, to get this person back into my business and have them be really a valuable member value add person on my, in my organization. Yeah, so I think that's a great question. And, um, you know, the, the reality is, is that we are not telling people how to do their jobs. Our coaches are not saying, well, no, this isn't how you're, you sell your product. This is how you do it. Um, they're not getting into the, the weeds of the business. They're not getting into the operations of the business. What they're okay. doing is they're saying, um, hey, Scott, what do you need to accomplish? What are you focused on doing and how can I help you do that? So everything they're doing is around execution of the key tasks, the key goals, the key milestones that they have established. That's what we're doing. Now, you know, you talk about health, we talk about mental health, we talk about work-life balance, some of the personal things. Right. If a business owner does not care about their employees' personal well-being and their personal health, we have no interest in working with them. We are a absolutely terrible fit for them. Because what a smart business owner says, even if they don't necessarily care or want to know about someone's personal well-being and personal health, they're smart enough to know that if someone doesn't have control and clarity around those things, they cannot perform the duties of their job. So if a business owner says to me, Tom, what if one of our employees spends an hour talking to your coach about personal stuff that has nothing to do with our company and work? Right. What I would say to them is, well, if they are that desperate for help 
in their personal life, that means their head is not in the game, which means <laughs> they're, not, they're not engaged they're, in their work. And if someone is not engaged, and this isn't Tom Healy's opinion, this is an absolute fact that's backed up by data and science, if someone is not engaged in their work, they cannot perform at a high or reasonable level. So yes, if one of our coaches is spending an hour talking to one of your managers about a really lousy breakup they're going through, how to navigate that so that they can back, get back to focusing on their personal health and fitness and work, they're doing a tremendous service to your organization and to your bottom line. Right. And I don't think we covered it specifically, but this is really for that level of managers that that is below that leadership team, right? You're, that, that's you're trying to, middle manager is a wrong term, but you're, you're trying to get to those folks that may not be getting the access to the additional insights or coaching that could come from an executive coaching program, right? Yeah, you're really, this mentum is targeting there. Sure. I, I mean, a term, a term I'll use is the middle of the organizational chart, right? So middle. The, okay. theoretically, yeah. the, theoretically, you have a C-suite, you have a leadership team, Um there may be people on that leadership team that are in need of personal one-on-one -on -one executive coaching. We don't assume that, but certainly right. we offer that as something that could be of value. But what happens in an SMB is below that leadership team, there are a group of people. And these are people that were promoted either because the company was growing so fast and we needed a manager, or they were really, really good at what they did customer service, sales, whatever that might be, and they got promoted into that. But what happens is that person has no formal leadership training, they've never been in management before or they're new to it, and now instead of doing a great job at customer service, you have to manage eight people that do customer service. Yeah. Um, some yeah. of them are a different gender. Some of them have a different personality uh, makeup. Some of them are older than you. Some of them are really, really young and inexperienced. It's a whole hodgepodge of people that you have to try to create a leadership style around to build rapport with them and get them to perform. And oh, by the way, that person, that manager I'm describing, they don't have anyone inside the organization that they can go to as a coach on a regular basis to work through these issues with. So these managers are literally on a lonely island by themselves <laughs> right, yeah, trying to yeah. figure out how to do this stuff and they have no support. And your small business with 75 employees doesn't have the capabilities because you don't have 10 people in HR and you don't have sophisticated learning and development and coaching infrastructure already built. You have nothing for them. So they are right. literally crying out for help. They may say it to you. They may not. But what they're saying is I need some help here. I got eight yeah. different people I have to manage. I have no idea how in the hell to do that. I have nowhere to go. Oh, and by the way, Scott, I'm working remotely. So I'm sitting in my apartment <laughs> trying to, the point, to yeah. figure this out, and it sucks. Add. And oh, by the way, I'm going through a really tough breakup right now, and I've got a sick parent that's stressing me out because I care about them and I hate to see their health declining, and my roommate's a slob, and I don't know if I even live in the right city because I didn't grow up here and I don't know anyone. This is real world. This is Sure, I mean, that's a, that's a potpourri of challenges. And you're, and you're, you're paying them yeah. – 
$90,000 a year and their head is not in the game and they cannot perform for you. So that's why coaching can help them navigate this stuff and solve these issues and work through it. But you're setting these people up for failure if you're not giving them the resources they need to perform at a high level. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're speaking the truth there, and, and it, it doesn't matter. I love to use these examples. It, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You, you, all-star caliber. But, but Tiger Woods had a coach. That's all you need to know, right? I know you and I are both golfers, but it, it doesn't matter the level at which you're performing, and you can pick your favorite sport, your favorite. It just comes with the package. And if you're not in taking the time as a business owner to invest in this at some level, and whether it's with a, you know, working with someone to help your business as a whole, um, what I do or working, making sure that your team has what they need, what you do, you've got to make these investments. If you're not making these investments, there's no way you can get where you want to get to. It just is unrealistic. It's, it's random and it's luck if, if you don't, right? I mean, you're not being intentional about what you're trying to accomplish. If you're not making these investments in your people, it's it just not going to get, you're not going to be able to grow this Scott, business the way it, you want it, to. And, and Scott, think about this. The, the men and women that you're typically working with, these entrepreneurs, most of them have coaches, Okay, and, and, they're, and, and yeah. they're, probably 90% of them have coaches, have mentors, have people they go to. They're in mastermind groups. They have an executive coach. They're part of something, right? So yep. they, they see the value in it. My, my message to them is always, is it, is it helpful? Oh, my goodness, it's great. I, it's the best thing I've ever done, and I've made millions of dollars because of my coach. Okay, well, why in the hell wouldn't you provide that to the 15 key people inside your organization that move the needle? Now, the challenge historically, and this is the is for the entrepreneurs listening to this, you'll you'll see this is where the opportunity for Mentum came from. But what we saw was, and, and we work with a lot of entrepreneurs here locally, some of the same types of people that you work with, Scott. Um, they have coaches. Yep. They didn't provide coaching for their you know key people in the middle of the org chart. Um, they never thought to do that. And part of the issue was, well, I pay my executive coach $1,000 an hour, $1,500 a month, whatever that might be. I can't provide that to 15 people inside my organization. So they, or, or I approached my coach about doing it, and they gave me a proposal that was for $150,000 a year because they'd basically <laughs> right. be working inside my business. So. Right. End of story, that, that just goes out the window and, okay, executive coaching can't be accessible to the middle of our org chart. Well, I heard that. and that, I mean, that's how Mentum got started. I heard that yeah, enough yeah. time from the entrepreneurs I work with locally, and I said, we have to create a way for a company to provide executive-level coaching to the middle of their org chart. And we've been able to do it. It's $250 a month per manager. It's ridiculously affordable. That's $3,000 a year to someone that you're paying $80,000, $150,000 a year to. And the other thing I'll say, Scott, too, is, and, and you know this really well, when you have 500 or 1,000 employees, people can hide out. People cannot be engaged. People can steal a paycheck. People can take you for a ride. And it really doesn't matter. You're still going to be successful. You're still going to grow the company. You're fine, okay? However, if I have... 50 employees, and I believe 10 of them are absolutely critical to the business. They're my leaders. They're my key people. Man, you can't afford for them to be mediocre. You can't afford for them to not execute at a very quick level because if they do not execute, you will not grow the company or you'll decline 
Or, God forbid, you'll go out of business because you were already on, you know, the razor's edge before. It's scary yeah. stuff. So these, these people have to perform for you, and you can't do it all yourself. So you have to yeah. invest in making them better. Yeah, there's just no room for it. You're exactly right. Uh, talk about this all the time. There's just no room for it. Uh, so, so, Tom, let's go back a little bit and, and appreciate all that background momentum, that fantastic conversation just on, on the power that you can deliver to an organization. What prompted you as a recently graduated college student or you know, freshly graduated college student to, to write a book? And really, what were the messages that you were providing there? This is really intriguing to me and, and obviously became really the launching point for what you've been doing your whole career, right? I mean, and I don't know if you thought that at the time, but that's what actually happened. So but, but let's talk a little bit about that. So I had two mentors growing up um, that were both entrepreneurs. Um, they were kind of like fathers to me because I didn't have a great relationship with my father. So I just decided, well, I love these guys and I respect them and they've built incredible lives for themselves personally and professionally and they're entrepreneurs. So that's what I need to do. So I, I, I already made up my mind. I was going to be an entrepreneur at a young age for that reason. Um, sophomore year of college, I was at a student leadership conference through my fraternity and there was a speaker on stage giving this great information. I'm sitting in the front row, taking notes, drinking the Kool-Aid. And I just was like, this is incredible. I, I want to be that guy when I graduate. I want to get on stage in front of a group of college students and deliver them value and, and, and help them you know, get organized and be exposed to things that they sure as hell were not teaching us in the classroom. So with that in mind, I decided, hey, I'm going all in. I'm going to be a um, college keynote speaker and Love it. in order for a, you know, someone in their early twenties to have any credibility whatsoever, I was not famous. I had no story. I was not on some reality show. I was a no <laughs> one. So I said, well, if I write a book, people think that I'm smart. So that's why I wrote a book and, and it still to this day holds up. I mean, the book right. podcast they give you a tremendous amount of credibility so i wrote a book it was called the course they forgot to offer and the point of it was me not approaching this as a know-it-all so i i made it explicitly clear at the beginning of the book i'm one of you i'm recently out of college i was just in the trenches i know what you're going through what i'm going to do is share all the things with you that they don't tell us while we're in college I'm going to, and I, and I surveyed like over a thousand people that were over 40 saying, Hey, what would you have done differently? Or what, what do you wish you would have known in your twenties? So I incorporated all of that data and a lot of those actual responses. And then I also told stories of super successful people, Oprah, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, these people that just did crazy stuff in their 20s and what we could learn from it. So I very much approached it like I'm one of you and I'm just presenting you this information that I wish I would have known and, and I'm along with you in the journey. Um, financial responsibility, picking the right place to live, finding the right career path, basic stuff. Um, what's interesting is well, every, every few basic, years... Basic, but I'll, you're right. Yeah, every every few years I'll I'll see the book sitting somewhere. I'll pick it up. I'll just read a page, and I'll go. You know, this isn't so bad. It, it, I mean, it holds up. There, there's there's nothing yeah, in there. That's that's, nice. Yeah, there's nothing in there that's dated. Um, I mean, seventeen years ago, I was telling people 
build your LinkedIn network, connect with as many people as possible because at a young age, if you ask someone if you can take them out for a cup of coffee, unless they're a huge you-know-what, they're going to say yes. So you have access to all these incredible people. All you have to do is stuff like that still holds up now. It's still not being taught in college. Absolutely. Career services still isn't teaching it. So I'm really proud of that. But yeah, that, that's why I did it. Um, and, you know, a lot of the coursework that we have that is pushed out to college students to this day, it, it, it's the same approach. And, you know, so much of it is just speaking to people like adults. So I think one of the th reasons that I still, I know I'm 38 years old, I can still get in front of an audience of college students, connect with them, resonate with them. They find me to be authentic. It's because I'm a straight shooter and I speak to them like they're adults. I don't think I'm better than them. I don't have any level of arrogance. I um, don't lecture them or pontificate like their professors do. I just hit them straight. And, and it's it's been a wonderful relationship. And, and again, they're, they're not getting, a, even to this day, they're not getting a lot of that. Just that real world street smart stuff. So what's interesting is fast forward to, you know, what I do now. These right. people... Four-year college degree, they're coming into your business, you're paying them $85,000 a year, you're promoting them to management pretty quickly. What what do you assume, Scott? Well, you assume that because they have a four-year degree from... Uh, they know something. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, well, you learn that. you, you Four-year education at a really you know uh, famous school. They didn't learn any of this stuff. They didn't learn how to manage yeah, people and meet people and, and deal with conflict and delegate and, you know, uh, communicate with eight different people on your team and eight different communication style. They didn't learn any of this. And even if they were exposed to some of that content, Scott, here's the problem. When you learn something and you cannot immediately apply it, it evaporates within 72 hours. So think about you cram for the exam, you get an A, you don't remember that stuff a week later. So why, why would any of the business stuff you learn in college be any different? All the learning I did in college was by being a leader in my fraternity, getting involved in leadership organizations on campus. Why? Because I was doing. I was getting my hands dirty and doing things. Yeah. But if you're well, not doing that, anything with the social side of it, right? The, 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 yeah. That interpersonal side, that social side are the key things that are, are part of any any successful business, right? I mean, you've, yes, the idea is critical, but you've got to have those skills, those soft skills. Call, call them whatever you want. That That's how... That, that's the differentiators that, that exist out there. And it's not coming out of a textbook. Right? Yeah. And so, and so as a, as a business owner, your people do not know this stuff. They haven't been exposed to it. You have to figure out a way. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 you, you could argue that every organization has to be a teaching mentoring organization, right? I mean, you just have to have that piece of things embedded in your culture. If you just think people are going to show up and, you know, magically do their job and crush it for you and stay with you forever, you're, you're going to learn a hard lesson at some point. Yeah, we, you know, within EOS, we actually call that our journey to mastery. That's what it is. It's always a journey. There's always something new to learn, and we are constantly priming that pump and constantly talking to one another, learning more, encouraging one another to read this, learn this. I mean, there, you're just not, you've, it's got to be ongoing. And as you said, it's got to be practically applied. And then there's going to be some, some losses along the way. There's going to be some failures and you're going to pick yourself up, clean yourself off and, and go into the next thing. And, and that journey to mastery that, that we talk about each day, every day is, is, is a real thing. And when applied in a business leads to the success 
of that business and the business can achieve what it set what it sets out to do. And it's yeah, not, and, it's not just the product, right? And, Going and back think, to where we started, it's the people behind what you're doing. Yeah. And, th- and think about the mindset of, you know, a high performing, you know, twenties, early thirties person inside your organization. They want structure. They want meetings that don't take an hour and a half and have no agenda. They want to have a voice. They want to have learning and development opportunities. The idea that you're just going to pay someone, you know, eight grand, ten grand a month, and they're going to just shut up and and perform for you and stay with you forever is ridiculous. And that's absolutely not going to happen. So it's, you know, the work that, that you do inside of companies, you know, put yourself in the shoes of, you know, the employee, that's what they want. They're craving development opportunities. They're craving to have a voice. They're craving to have productive, meaningful, you know, communication with their teammates, not, you know, uh, sitting there by themselves all day or long, boring meetings. And if you're not delivering that, how do you, how do you retain good people inside your company? And if you don't have well, good people inside you, your you, company, how in the hell do you hit your growth goals? You went right where I was going, which is how is this not a value? How is this not just a tremendous re- re- way to retain folks in obviously a very competitive in- environment and people jumping around? And you, you know, this investment just just pays off. Hey, one last question for you be, before we go into our, our five fast questions. Uh, we talk on this podcast quite a bit. I talk we talk with folks all the time. Just just what imposter syndrome is the name today, but tell me about that first speech that you did, right? So you wrote this book, you get up there like, were there these moments? Did you ever feel this where it was like, what am I, you know, what am I doing here? Or if there weren't, how did you over overcome that so that that wasn't a thing for you? Two, two thoughts on that. First of all, you know, the, the imposter syndrome thing I, I've never had. And I don't know if it's because okay. I'm, dumb or arrogant or confident or whatever, (laughs) I've just always, I mean, even going back to, you know, the first big internship I did was with the Pittsburgh Pirates professional baseball team. I I grew up in Pittsburgh and I was way younger than everyone. I just finished up my freshman year of college and I just felt like, Hey, I belong here. And, And I, and I feel like I felt that way because I literally was the first person in the building in that front office every day that summer. And there were days I would go up the elevator with the general manager of the team and we'd talk about trades and I ran into him two years ago and he still remembered me at a, a spring training game out here. So like that's how that's, that's how cool. often we that's rode cool. the elevator together. But I just always felt like hey, <laughs> that's I'm, pretty cool. I'm I'm working harder. I'm working as hard as anyone else in this organization. I belong here. So I've always I've always just felt like again I, I don't it's not an arrogance but it just it's just I believe I work hard, therefore I believe I deserve to be on that stage, whether it's a real stage as a speaker or, you know, wherever that might be. Now, I will tell you that, and I think this is an important lesson, so the first time I ever was paid to speak professionally is also the first time I ever got on a stage in front of people. And there were about 500 students in the audience, and honest, truthfully, I was not nervous. And, but the reason I was not nervous is I kid you not, I had gone through that talk a hundred times. Sure. And I did it in my apartment with the computer hooked up to the television with my clicker clicking through my slides. 
pretending I was in front of an audience. So, Scott, I would stand there and go, it is so great to be here. I, I love this energy. You know, and I, and I, I just... Sure, play it out. When I actually yeah. got up there, it was like, all right, I knew my stories. I knew my stuff. And, I, and, and, and because I knew it so well, I didn't have to worry about memorizing it or worry about being nervous. I could just deliver it. And if I went off script and I, you know, went down some rabbit holes, who cares? Because I was so comfortable up there. But I, I think a lot of it, you know... You know, how do you overcome imposter syndrome? I think if, you know, you believe in yourself and you believe you've worked hard enough to get on that stage, then you should be able to overcome that. And then the other piece of it is just practice. You know, that that day and it was... Know know your stuff, right? Know your stuff. Middle of nowhere, North Carolina, I'm driving to the campus and I got the slides on my phone and I'm just one more time just, you know, going through them. And it's like... By the time you get there, you you are comfortable. But I, I think it's you know I think in business whether it's a big presentation or it's sales or whatever else I think we we just shoot ourselves in the foot because the first time we're pitching that big client or the first time we're you know speaking in front of our team it's the first time we've ever done that and it should be the maybe the fifth time the tenth time because inevitably you get better you're not going to get worse if you keep practicing. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's, that's awesome. And appreciate that story. Uh, thank Thanks for doing that. Tom, Ben, Ben, great conversation and, and lots of nuggets there for, for folks to pull on. So appreciate your sharing all that. Well, we, Scott, we wrap I've, up each I've, one of our conversations. Scott, I've, I've enjoyed this. Do you know why? Because us entrepreneurs love talking about ourselves. <laughs> this is a forum to do just that, right? And, and let folks it. share it. So no, hey, you, you I love it. have no problem love getting it. guests on here. Every, everyone loves talking about themselves and their business. <laughs> no, it's a it's it's a great platform, right? It's an opportunity to share, but also hopefully for those that that do grab a listen, an opportunity to learn. You're gonna you're gonna take something away from here, and, and I really do think that those that uh, if they're listening intently will do just that. Um, all right, so let's go through our rapid fire questions to wrap things up, Tom. So. First off, uh, favorite sports team? I heard Pittsburgh, so am I guessing that we got a Pittsburgh team? Pit- Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just if you, if, you grow, if you grow up in Pittsburgh, you have to be a Steeler fan. It's an obsession. Uh, you often wear Steeler jerseys to church on Sundays. It's just a p- part of the culture just, of Pittsburgh. Just, just a thing. My, my son is a crazed Bengals fan, so, uh, you know, Big rivalry. Uh, well, I'm sure Thomas, otherwise. Right? I'm yeah. sure otherwise, he's a really good kid. Other, otherwise, a fine kid. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> by, by the way, Mike Tomlin, a graduate of the College of William and Mary, yeah. uh, which is my alma mater, so oh, we cool. uh, have that in common. Um, what would you eat for your last meal? What's What's the food that you'd eat for your last meal? I would have a crab cake from G and M Crab Cakes in Baltimore, Maryland. It's a kind of hole in the wall place by the Baltimore airport. But I was told years ago it was the best crab cake in the United States. Um, I get them shipped on dry ice to me occasionally. They're that they're, they're out out of this world. Yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. So if I'm, if I have to go on the electric chair, I only know I have a day to live. I'm, I'm going to have a crab cake from G and M. Actually, I'm going to have like four of them, but. I love it. Love it. G and M. If you listen, yeah, we're always open for sponsorships. Appreciate that. Uh, dream vacation spot, Tom. I'm easy. I'm I'm just a, a, a beach uh, with some golf nearby. I'm 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 low key. Seafood sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm just a I'm, I'm an it. easy guy. 
We're in, a, we're in the same mode there. I'm, I'm exactly with and, you. And by the way, I have a three-year-old um, and a one-year-old. So not only am I not going on my dream vacation this year, I'm not going <laughs> on any vacation this year. <laughs> so that sounds really good right now. <laughs> a- absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, t- total, totally hear you on that. I, I have adult kids now, and we just got back from a beach vacation with, uh, with my kids and their, uh, my, my daughter's married and my, my son's fiance. So we had, uh, the, the six of us had a great time uh, on the beach and doing adult stuff with the kids, which is a great great part of life to be in um favorite movie or tv show what you're streaming right now what you're watching or maybe something that you always go back to when you, when you need just a, a break from anything yeah i, I I'm, a, I'm a seinfeld guy so i will forever keep watching that those episodes and laugh at them for the rest of my life and it, it never gets old so that's that's just my favorite of all time Everything in life can be related to a Seinfeld episode. That's just a fact. You can, it's, there's, it's always relatable. Um, last thing, Tom, piece of advice. You, you shared several or a favorite quote, but, but something that, that always resonates with you that you like to share with, uh, with the audience. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was walk into every room knowing exactly what you want. Walk into every room knowing exactly what you want. And and I think that serves you well, whether it's a business meeting or it's an organization you're part of or it's a difficult conversation you need to have. Just just going in knowing here is the desired outcome. And again, whether it's a, a stupid business meeting or it's a serious conversation with a significant other, whatever it is, just have a really good understanding of, of what you're trying to accomplish because otherwise – anything can and, and, and often will happen. Great, great advice. It's a theme this week. I uh, actually was with, with a client this week and we talked a lot about being intentional, uh, which I think is what, what you're getting to it. Have some intention in the actions that you're taking, what you're doing. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for this great conversation, great insight. Uh, throughout. If folks are interested in learning more about Mentum or reaching out to you, how do they find you? What's the best way to reach Tom? LinkedIn. So Tom, T-O-M, Healy, H-E-A-L-Y, um, Scottsdale, Arizona, it'll pop right up, but uh, Tom Healy, yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn all the time, hit me, contact me, if you're Beautiful. at all interested in this learning and development, getting the most out of your people stuff, that's all I post about, I am like laser focused on that issue of employee engagement and getting the most out of your people. And um, I post a lot of stuff, Scott, that annoys people and it's um, because the truth hurts. So there's a lot of companies and and especially people that, you know, work inside of larger companies that see what I write and they hate it and, you know, push back on it. But it's all true. You know, the, the, the workforce is not engaged and they're not performing at a high level and it's tough to find really, really good people and you got to work really hard to get the most out of your people. It's not going to magically happen. So I just love sharing content about that. So again, just yeah. connect with me just because I think it can really help you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tom, great stuff here. And thanks for all your time. I know we went a little bit longer than expected. I, I appreciate it. And, and the background uh, is, is fantastic as well. So Tom, thank you for joining the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. The Grow Your Damn Business Podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website, 
at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. This podcast is a production of Old Soul. Old Soul is a one-stop marketing agency that builds podcasts for personal brands and businesses. If you're interested in starting your own podcast show, shoot them an email at info at aoldsoul.com. That's info at aoldsoul.com. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.